This is Jean, and I love the Gambia, West Africa. I'm going to be a little bit more superficial and say that this is Karen, and I love playing with makeup. I am Jenna, and I love teaching, and I love teaching Spanish to teenagers. It is my jam. This one's superficial, too. Um, my name is Stephanie, and I love my earbuds. I always have one in my ear listening to something. This is the Working Folk Podcast, where we talk about work, life, and everything in between. What's our topic? First. 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 What are... First kiss? Oh, wait. We have to say our thing. Wait, hold on. Uh, First job. No, what was the thing we were going to say? That's enough of the... Foreplay. Foreplay. (laughs) You do it. All right. Now that we're done with the foreplay, let's get to the meat of the topic. (laughs) Let's get in there. Let's get it on. Oh, let's Let's get get it it on. on. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So what are we talking about? Uh, This podcast, we're talking about our first, as far as first jobs, first experience in the workforce. Okay. Okay. You had, Jenna had a question before we started that I mm-hmm. refused to answer. You wanted to know if that counted like babysitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts on babysitting? Yeah. Well, I think as a, as obviously as women, that usually ends up being our first job. Like, mm-hmm. I think if we were talking to young men or even men in general, they'd be like, I mowed lawns. Mm-hmm. And somehow that counts more as a first job for guys than babysitting does for girls. Hmm. It just seems like that's just a natural position girls get put into because it's entrepreneurial if it's a boy mowing a lawn Mm -hmm. and it's just taking care of kids if it's a girl. Exactly. It's it's what would be your normal duty anyway because you have siblings or whatever. I I feel like it's more of expectation than an actual uh, stepping stone to any kind of job. Which is hard taking care of another human, especially one that like doesn't listen to their parents, let alone a teenager. So it's like the prestige has nothing to do with the actual work you're doing. It has more to do with your place in society. Yeah, not the actual work. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can tell you that absolutely no one should have trusted me with their children when Same. I was a teenager. <laughs> Same. I got fired from a teenaging job because uh, my... <laughs> Teenaging job. <laughs> I got. I didn't know that was a verb. Sorry. <laughs> I got fired from a babysitting job as a teenager because I was uh, babysitting. My ward was taking a nap, <laughs> and I invited my boyfriend over to come make out with me. And his motorcycle was parked in front of their house when the dad came home to have lunch. Well, it's hot, which I didn't he know. Rode a motorcycle. There. He. It was hot, but it was not. Uh, I. Didn't know the dad was coming home for lunch, which was also kind of creepy because why? But yeah. Oh, and also my boyfriend was um, on the back patio smoking when the guy came in the front door and I was like, oh God, no. Oh no, you caught me. Yeah. So I got fired from that. I don't think my parents ever knew. Sorry, mom. Um, But yeah, that was pretty typical babysitting for me. It was more about like, okay, I'm going to this neighborhood, which cute neighbors exist in that neighborhood that I can make out with after my babysitter children <laughs> go to sleep. You and I would have been very good friends <laughs> growing up. Yep. Oh no, I loved the kids. The kids were I just played and I I had a great time babysitting. It was it was a chance to just be a kid with 
the kids. And so I guess maybe that's why it's still my career is I love to laugh and play with kids still. But like, how is that not considered a first job? Because for yeah. me, it led into my own passion. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I always felt super nervous the whole time. Like what could go wrong in the situation? I'd run all the scenarios through my head and I'd know, like I had to know CPR. I had to know where all the exits are. I needed to know all the phone numbers. Like before they left, I had this checklist of Can who I do I call if I can't get a hold of you. 100% you today. <laughs> Still. Let me be completely and utterly responsible and then get there. And as soon as I know all that information, start playing with the kids and have fun. But in the back of my head, what if there's a fire? <laughs> I never once thought about any of that. Did I call myself an optimist? Nope. <laughs> Me neither. I was like, maybe there's a little pessimism in there. <laughs> babysitting. I'm like, all right, see you later. Is there food? Sweet. Can I eat it? All right, get out of here. No, I was like, exactly what time do we feed this baby? What do they eat? Do they spit it up or do I have to burp them? What happens? Oh, nobody trusted me with infants. So maybe that's the difference. <laughs> I only ever babysat like toddlers and above. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I love all the babies. babies. All the babies. The babies. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. All the babies, babies, the junior high kids who were too naughty to not have a babysitter. So when oh, I was a high best. schooler, I, like I would have to go over kids. and just jump on the trampoline with them for two hours straight. Mm-hmm. They were easier. Oh, I'd no, be they like, were what brattier. snacks can we eat? Can we, like, obviously, food person here? Yeah. Can we go through all of your parents' food and eat the food you're not allowed <laughs> to eat? <laughs> Where's your good chocolate? Oh my gosh. Where's the candy? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, what are and aren't they allowed to eat? They will follow the rules while I am here. <laughs> the only thing I cared about with that was allergies. But other than that, it was like, what? I don't care. You want to eat candy for dinner? Sure. I'll make a back box of mac and cheese and I'll eat it. <laughs> we can just tell your parents you did. I don't care. <laughs> How many bo- bags of popcorn can we pop yes. in this amount of time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's go outside nope. and play. So maybe for some of us, babysitting was our first job. <laughs> I from the, the responsible ten, people. Ten years old on. Oh, wow. My my best friend growing up, her mom had a baby when we were 10. And it was like, well, if I want to hang out with my friend, we got to babysit her sister. And so actually one of her first words was my name. Aww. Like we spent so much time with her little sister. And so... um yeah, babies bring whatever, whatever age kid always with kids. But I feel like we were such latchkey kids mm-hmm. that being with other kids just felt normal to me. And I didn't think about all the other stuff because we were just always alone as kids. And so we just raised each other, like made sure somebody had a clean diaper on. We just made sure somebody was fed. Things were taken care of. That's so interesting. That reminds me of my neighbor down the road who I hung out with all the time. She had a brother who was much younger and he was always with us from the time he could walk. If we were out playing, he was with us. And I never thought about it as us taking care of him. It was just, here's this toddler playing in the woods with us. <laughs> like, here, I'll hand him to you to climb over this fence. Like, there was no, <laughs> no realization that I was responsible for this small human. It was just that oh, she can't play unless the baby's with us, so let's take the baby out in the woods. Well, and I think I was so young, you're just so tolerant of anything. Like, we'll just, I guess we're all just going to carry the baby. Take turns. She's not (laughs) done crying yet. So, like, you just, it's just, as a kid, you don't have expectations Mm -hmm. of even other children. And Mm -hmm. so you just go with it. You raise raise each other. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I had a job that was very typical for all the kids in my community to be our first job, but it was definitely like an under the table cash paying job. Um, and it was uh, picking rock and laying pipe. So in Were you what? born in the 30s? <laughs> no, I know. This is so funny because you guys didn't grow up in a town of 3,000 people. So um, mm-hmm. Jenna you, did. Oh, you, mm-hmm. Yeah. But you guys like climbed mountains and skied. We picked rock and I don't know. <laughs> I, that was a, we would chop wood and stack it. Oh, that's okay. Maybe that the, was a good job. Maybe the that's equivalent. The equivalent. So um, you would have friends who were farmers and they'd pick as many kids as they could get. Usually it was the younger ones because the older ones had jobs at the shops in town. And so the like unemployable 14 and underage kids would get these jobs and we'd go out and he would literally have plowed the field and you would go out and anything bigger than your fist you picked up and threw on the flatbed truck so one of us would drive the flatbed truck and the other kids would all throw the rocks on the flatbed truck every spring they had to pick rock in the fields and then um the first time so i'd never had a job a lot of my friends did where they'd move irrigation pipe but the only time I worked with irrigation pipe was the two years in a row. I was probably 13 and 14 when we'd be the first ones to put it out in the spring. And so um, it's called hand line. So it's all these different pipes that fit together and you put them on the corners of the field anywhere the main irrigation doesn't hit. But the the hand line just is stacked in piles all winter long and little animals come and move into them. So when you turn the water on in the spring... The hand line is clogged up. So my first job was getting animal guts out of hand lines. <laughs> I've never told Karen that story That's before. Horrible. She's dying right now. I would go into more detail, but your stomach might not be able to handle it. Well, wait until I tell you what my first job was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we would get, you know, we'd get a chunk of money per day when we were done, but it was the grossest job. And we get, com- it was always cold because it was like early spring. And we'd get completely soaking wet and we'd hook all the hand line together and then turn the irrigation water on and just any nozzles that weren't spraying, we had to go and unclog. Ew. (laughs) Unclog guts. Guts. Whole snakes. Whole snakes. Came out of the water hose. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's not my stomach. My stomach can handle it. It's just my like... Ew. Ew. Snakes Ew. are fine. If it was like a cute little bunny, I'd be like, mm, like but mostly snakes? rodents and snakes. That's okay. You just um. nope. No more. Details. No more details. <laughs> <laughs> Moving handline and picking rock. And again, I'm gonna say it's because we were so young. You had no expectation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ten bucks. Sweet. I could buy 10 so bucks, much. That's a lot of money. I could buy so much candy with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a ton of money. Candy money. Before taxes. Mm, With no taxes. (laughs) I mean, that's under the table. Because it was illegal. (laughs) Right. Child 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 labor laws. (laughs) Especially dealing with, like, dead animal. Like, you could have gotten yourself some plague. I don't know. I would still totally make my kids do that, though. Sorry. Um... Everyone's offended by that. Um, yeah, if I had a farm, I'd have my kids and their friends out working for me doing that kind of stuff. It's family business, you know? Yeah. It's not like I was employed by some big corporation. It was like our friend's family had to put their line out and they needed help and we wanted to make money. So That makes sense. I was yeah. definitely picturing big corporation in my head when you were no. saying that. It was definitely like family farms. Like we could do it in a couple weeks. We could get all the line out for all their farms. So it wasn't like a... It wasn't like a long-term situation. It was a seasonal, let's go get this done kind of thing. 
How old were you again? Probably 13 and 14. So before like you could actually get a real job. Yeah. Cause by the time I could get a real job, like my first um, job, what do we call it? W2. W2 job was working at a vet clinic, which was fun. We got lots of good stories from there. Um, but I was 15 and trying to earn my class ring because I really wanted one. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it is now. <laughs> but I just, my mom was like, I'm not buying that for you. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to go get a job. So I got a job at a vet clinic cleaning up poo. You went from one nasty to another nasty. Dude, I had the nastiest string of jobs. Gross. Yeah, gross. Ugh. Mine, I babysat too. Wasn't very good at it. Didn't really like it. So I stopped doing it. And then through high school, I did sports. And so my job was to keep my grades up, which was a joke because I was always in trouble for my grades. (laughs) So I did a really bad job. Um, But I was in sports all the time, so I didn't work until I went to college. And I worked at on campus at one of the, like, restaurants on in the food court but we had like three people come every day for lunch and that was like it so I made three people (laughs) lunch and I got paid minimum wage for sitting around talking to cute boys that worked with me it's pretty awesome (laughs) yeah that's about it I don't even remember what the name of the place was or what we made because (laughs) I didn't we didn't really do anything ever I just got paid to talk to cute boys sign me up (laughs) Heck yeah. Where was that job when I started? I know, right? Can 40-year-olds get that job? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think you. For minimum wage. Uh, Well, yeah, I I did the babysitting thing. Really wasn't my jam. Uh, My first job was to pay for uh, gas for the car that my parents bought me because I was spoiled. And I was in high school. I was 16. And it was at a funeral home. I was like the secretary at a funeral home and my friend's family owned it and she and I basically split the job. So it was part-time like after school and weekends and I like typed up death notices for the newspaper (laughs) and typed up the little like handouts that you get when you go to a funeral. Uh, It was mostly office stuff. Uh, there were cute boys there. We had apprentices that were like learning to be morticians. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say dead. No, boys. no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, not Whoa. that much of a creep. <laughs> Necromancy. No, no, no. But it, I definitely like hung out in the embalming room, like perched on a little chair in the corner so I could talk to the cute apprentice boys. I was 16 and they were like 24. (laughs) Like I'm an idiot, but I sure thought I was something, but that was like the highlight. And then, yeah, I, when there was like a viewing, like Mm -hmm. if an after hours evening or weekend viewing, not a funeral, but like in the chapel, I was, I was in charge of like greeting people and making sure there were Kleenexes everywhere and just being there, turning music on for the service. And so do you get less creeped out by dead bodies than other people now? Um, well, here's the deal. I worked there. I started working there when I was 16 in probably, probably right when I turned 16, like January, And then my dad died in August, 
while I was working there. And up until my dad dying, like I was totally fine. Like the dead bodies were just bodies. They were basically like mannequins to me. They were like, just did not have, no. And then once my dad died, like obviously seeing him in that state was traumatic and horrible. And I was angry and all of that. And so after he died, even the people I didn't know, I kept thinking about like, oh, their family's going to hate this. This is so hard. This is, you know, so it was, I didn't work there for very much longer. I worked, my dad died August 29th and I think I quit in October. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but as an adult, I haven't really seen a whole lot of dead bodies. I was thinking that as I was saying it. I was like, wait a second. How often do we interact with dead bodies? Uh, I've seen two. Yeah. I mean, I, but mine have all been like fam, like Mm -hmm. my grandma passed away two years ago or whatever. And my mom, I remember like, this is just a year and a half, two years ago. And my grandma passed away in open casket, like Catholic funeral, sitting in mass, like bored. And my mom kept saying, oh, doesn't she look so beautiful? And I'm like, mom, she's dead. Ew. (laughs) I don't think she looks beautiful. beautiful. They look totally different. Yeah. Their spirit is gone. They are not there. I'm not getting religious, but yeah, I didn't think she looked beautiful. I think she looked dead. So I don't have a problem. I don't like, yeah, I don't know. I doesn't matter. I think if I were to see like a really bad car accident on the side of the road and like saw somebody die or like saw somebody in like a gross like dead state that's <laughs> not like cleaned up and makeup on in a mm-hmm. casket, I'd probably be extremely emotional and mm-hmm. upset by it. But like once they get to the funeral home and cleaned up and we used to paint their nails and put their makeup on them, like the little old ladies, my friend Angela and I that worked there, that You've shared the job. You've painted dead people's nails. I have painted dead people's nails, yes. That instantly reminds me of My Girl. I which, know. Oh, <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. I want to, oh, I've been thinking of old movies I can share with my kids. Oh. That is one. Except we're all such emotional basket cases. My kids cases. would not be able to handle no. that <laughs> Let's when, wait till like 14 or 15. When she starts coming in going, where are his glasses? Like, <gasps> I, I know. Die. I would die. I'm about to cry just oh thinking about that. Oh my God. <laughs> can't even I just watch the bees and the running and it's all going on in my head right now nope 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 okay change the subject change the subject somebody (laughs) the sunlight is coming in the window so beautifully so my first real job though yeah yeah was 14 like as soon as soon as I could get a job um there was a place in McCall called Players Pizza Mm -hmm. and it had a little golf course next to it Mm mm-hmm like this little tiny, tiny, like kind of just put together golf course. Well, that was my job. I was the golf, the golf club girl, and I people would come, and they would bring, yeah. and they well they would they would come get the balls and the putters from me, and that was all I had to do was like clean up, and I I could sit there and play as many rounds of golf as I wanted to because it wasn't that busy, and I would just got to play. Are you saying golf? You played with balls for your first job. <laughs> A lot of them. Balls. I had to retrieve a lot of them. Mm-hmm. From the 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 18th hole was an outhouse, so I had to retrieve the balls from the toilet. <laughs> oh my god! Did you joke about that constantly, or were you no, like too I mean, innocent to? It, obviously, it was like that's just where they go. Those like, are some dirty balls. <laughs> they were yeah, and I never cleaned them, so I retrieved all these <laughs> dirty things out of the outhouse. It was not a real outhouse. 
No, of course not. Oh my god, I just had this like. I know. Me too. Me too. Picture them going to poo. Why would why would they put a real outhouse? I know. I was confused about why they would do that, and it's done. We're very literal. No, you lit. Okay, so like it was a straight shot into an outhouse, and so like the the greens went up into like a toilet seat ah. like a honey bucket outhouse or was it like one of those cute wood ones it was with old the moon? cute wood ones with the moon okay not a honey bucket no no not like a porta potty <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so white trash that's all i can picture white trash mini golf course it we'd make was. so much money on that around here people would be like Whoa. oh my gosh that's so true okay so you 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 hit the ball up into it and like there was, I think there were holes where, I can't remember, but there was like something where you, you didn't get a hole in one unless you got it into the toilet and that was really hard to do. <laughs> and so it would go down, I think around the sides otherwise, but they would all end up underneath the outhouse. But there was like, it was, it was kind of a really okay done golf course, but like I would just sit there and play for as many hours as I wanted to if no one showed up. It's like a dream And as soon as someone came behind the restaurant wanted to play golf, then I handed them a putter and a ball. That was it. It was the easiest job in the world. Nice. Was it like after school or just weekends? Or it was in the summer. Just a summer job. I never worked during the school year. Never had to. Like, yeah, that's, that's a privilege. Not having to work during the school year. So I did sports instead. I definitely didn't have to work during the school year, but there was there were certain things that were only um, I was only allowed to buy with my own money. So if I wanted them, then I needed to work during the school year. And then it turned out that I just really liked working, <laughs> and it wasn't too much. It was just like something I really loved to do, and it was just when I was working at the vet clinic, it'd be Saturday mornings until one. And Sundays, I'd just go in and clean the kennels before church. And then summers, I'd work there all the time. But yeah, I have been working, I guess, kind of nonstop since I was 15. So what do you guys consider your first, like, adult job? If you think you've ever had one. I think I worked kind of backwards. Because I honestly, like, I went from working at a funeral home, which (laughs) is a pretty... I would say an adult job. Mm-hmm. My next job after that, I was a newspaper editor for Idaho Senior News, which is like a little independent monthly newspaper. And Just Horses was the secondary paper that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't like horses, but I, I love <laughs> horses, but I know. It did not know that about you. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I, that was the job I had my, like from the end of my junior year through senior year and was it just weekends or after schools it was after school it was after school I guess it had to have been I don't really remember I have real bad remembering skills (laughs) (laughs) remember remembering remembering skills Mm -hmm. um but yeah like I had those two jobs and then I went to college the only time I didn't work was my freshman year of college I had scholarships and some money from when my dad died. And so my mom was like, I just want you to focus on school. So my freshman year, I didn't work. Then my sophomore year, I was an RA. And then I was a server at a restaurant, Mm -hmm. like my junior year. 
And then I worked retail at the Disney store. <laughs> like I did, I like that is my totally favorite part of your resume because I'm just like, you did what? Yeah, yeah. I was like a retail. Crazy. Never thought you'd do that. Uh, two store? of my Never my favorite that. positions. Like I really love customer service. Mm-hmm. So serving at the restaurant, and then also Disney. Disney was tough just because it's Disney and like. I got some crazy stories about like corporate policy and some all we'll be talking about the Disney store a lot, I think. Were you always on stage? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everything you had, you didn't have customers, you had um, guests. I, there, everything had its own, your uniform was costume. It was your costume. It wasn't your uniform. Yeah. You were a cast member. Yes. Cast a member. magical day. Mm-hmm. Oh, everything was regulated everything are we allowed to talk about the disney store by name i don't know the store owned by a large mouse that laughs like (laughs) (laughs) that's not his laugh the mouse owns the store oh my god i'm learning so much today (laughs) it's it's all owned by the. i did not know that you edited a horse magazine and i did not know (laughs) that mickey mouse owns. oh i said his name oh (laughs) edit uh yeah I don't know but yeah it was it's how I learned how to fold shirts and I'm really proud of my shirt folding skills mm-hmm. even to this day like I go to other large retail stores <laughs> and if s- shirts are unstacked and unfolded I'm always like mm, let me just fix that real quick can you fold <laughs> onesies um, I'm assuming you guys fold onesies we did have them we just folded them in half mm-hmm. yeah the Disney fold is a real thing though like the fold where the front of the shirt is what's showing and like that that is literally that was like originated by the Disney <laughs> Corporation. I am um, my husband's always talking about military folding. So I kind of think we should set up a competition Ooh. between military folding and, and Disney, Disney folding? folding and see like what is the most appropriate okay, way to fold okay okay well and my husband is obsessed with Marie Kondo oh, she's folding awesome. oh, love her. so he could get in there as a third well so- I used to work at Victoria's Secret I can show you how to fold your bras and your underwear Oh, you don't just throw them in a drawer in a big no. wad? <laughs> I do. But when I worked at Victoria's Secret, that was like every, I would spend like eight hours folding underwear. You know, when you go through and you dig through all the underwear and then you just leave it. People actually go in and like refold that all day long, every day. Mm-hmm. So that you can see the tags. I wish you could have seen Jenna's eyes just go like, z- they like zigzagged across yeah. the world. I live in a house from the 1950s. I don't have, I don't have room for like individual mm-hmm. bra space in my underwear drawer. Can we also talk about when you buy underwear, make sure to wash it because do you know how many hands have been on that Ooh, underwear? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about hands. Also, if it ships from overseas, mm-hmm. I've always been told, like, there's mm-hmm. there could be, like, formaldehyde Rat. and and. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, people overseas are weird. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just in kidding. the shipping process. You would say that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> no, the shipping process. Like, mm-hmm. they have chemicals in it to keep, like, rats on the actual ships from eating through fabric yeah. as it comes wow. across on an ocean yeah. liner. And so you should wash things. Well, also, it's usually in a package, like a super sealed package, though, too. I'm, I'm probably, my information is probably from the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mother told me in the oh, 80s. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I just, that's what I live by. Mommy, mommy said, <laughs> wash your underwear, wash it all your stuff how before you wear it. Everything we learned as kids until like facts hit us in the face as adults. And I'm like, 
that thing was not true. I always thought that. And you don't even realize how ridiculous you're. As a parent, I bank on that. (laughs) Absolutely. If you do not wash your hands, your feet will fall off. So go wash your hands. (laughs) Why would your feet Feet fall off? I don't know. That was just the quickest thing I could think of. (laughs) Wouldn't your hands fall off? Just making sure that the consequences are scary. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Put the fear of Stephanie into them. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a funny question though. What's your first real adult job? I think that's maybe an American perspective. That work um, has certain dignity depending on what you do. Like, it's a teenager job. Is it a real job? Hmm. Absolutely. And so I think that's that's an interesting thing. As I'm thinking about, I'm like, some people would still say, I still don't have an adult job. What? Who would say that? No, your job is obviously a grown-up no, job. No, because seriously, I'm compared a lot of times to being a barista. Or having someone as a cashier. I no, no, the, you guys, Jenna is a middle school Spanish teacher. With a master's degree. With a master's Way degree working full time. No, if you were to go online right now with the conversation with COVID, they're like, the stores are open, schools can open. Oh, oh I see. And so saying. like they're putting my job as the same as anyone who has a daycare or mm. as anyone who has wow um, any of those like, you know, jobs that are low skill. And so I'm like, okay, next time. You are working as cashier. I want you to look for all the twelve-year-olds wandering around, and all the little kids. Like it's, you can't compare the jobs. Like no. in, a, in a store right now, you don't have kids wandering around for an hour and a half, forty-five minutes, like I do. Well, and not wandering around, like sitting yeah, in front of you, mm-hmm. like listening and and interacting, and you're having to speak to like. But also you're in charge of their safety. Absolutely. And if yeah. something medically happens to them, mm-hmm. you need to step in and take mm-hmm. charge. That's not something a barista does. I know, but and I was a barista. If you, if you were to look at the bigger picture of like how the world is talking about teachers, you would think that our job is just simply as easy or as easy to get as being it's a barista. It's so interesting. Mm. When the um, pandemic started, there was this... Uh, the second the kids got stuck at home, there was this like appreciation for teachers mm-hmm. like I had ne- never seen before. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is so much harder than I thought. And then as pandemic fatigue goes on, we start um, realizing that people are completely swinging the other way and saying like, this isn't right, that they're not taking this giant risk <laughs> to deal with my children because I don't want to deal with them anymore. Absolutely. And it's, it's been, it feels, it feels very much so like, um, just do as we say, just do it, you know? And, um, and it's, it is, it is what it is. You know, I think people think that they know how to be an educator because you, you've been, you were in school for 12 years, but I mean, but that going back to the, the, the previous statement about how it's, it's still not perceived as like an adult job. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I think that is, I don't know if it's American perspective, but anytime you work with kids. Or is it because it's a majority woman? Pers- it could be. Pers- but even as a youth pastor, you know, my husband being with the kids was never all, well, I wouldn't say never. He was often not um, given a seat at the table because his job was just the kids. Hmm. And um, I think we forget that that's actually the most important job because they we are literally in charge of the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we literally have um, so much control over what these kids are capable of doing in the future. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, it actually makes it 
actually makes no difference all at the same time. Uh, 90% of my work is either successful or not successful by what happens outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I'm either completely important or not important at all. It really depends on the kid and how much they're willing to to learn in my classroom. And so or how much they're capable of. Yeah. Because if a kid's not sleeping at home mm -hmm. or if they're not eating breakfast, that's not their decision, but it's just the life that they've been put into and handed, which can affect how they do in your classroom. Right, and that's what I'm saying is 90% is stuff that I can't even control in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they got sleep, whether they have parents that actually care about their education. Um, and All the way down to how how many times they go see the dentist oh, if absolutely. their teeth is hurting in mm -hmm. class they're not going to focus on they you. have parents that care too much and they're rebelling and like i'm not going to learn because i'm going to piss my parents off yeah and respect you know respect goes a long way and i i i think as a in a, as a whole society there's um oh you just do that job oh you're you're just this and there's a lack of dignity for people who do jobs that seem remedial or just easy to be done but like someone has to do it why can't we give them dignity for doing that job there's well, also a familiarity with teaching like mm -hmm. we've all had teachers we've all experienced teaching so i wonder if it's less um, perceived like on less of a uh, pedestal as a job like we haven't all always had a lawyer you know so we look at this pers this job as something that's like ooh. I've never experienced conversation with this person every single day of my life, my whole life. So it feels different than the more human job. We all have teachers we love. We all have teachers we hated. And so it's much more relatable than some professions. I think this goes along with pay too. Like mm -hmm. you were yes. just saying a lawyer versus a teacher and the pay between a lawyer and a teacher is so drastic also. Mm -hmm. But which one is more important? And can you label <laughs> one more important or not? Well, it depends on what type of lawyer and what type of teacher. But I think that what teachers do, you guys should get paid a lot more than you actually do. I, I hear that. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I could retire. <laughs> but it's just not happening. Mm -hmm. You know, people will say, oh, they you need you need so much more. And it's like, could you please vote for that? Could you, <laughs> could you please actually put your money where your mouth is? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that that happens a lot with a lot of positions, even with the troops, you know, they're like, Oh, we love your service. Thank you so much. But then it's like, how come they're not paid well? Yeah. You know, it's like the, there's Spend the, the military there's, budget there's, on technology instead of, yeah, there's this hero humans. process that happens in it too. Like heroes are easy to sacrifice, but that, maybe that's a whole different conversation we could have. <laughs> yeah. That's a good topic for a about how certain positions get the hero um title status. title and then we're we're like oh they were just doing this thing and they loved but like why don't we sacrifice more celebrities <laughs> <laughs> well i think you're absolutely right that a, a lot of it <laughs> a lot of it is like an american thing too though like exactly what you're saying because if you travel like across the world in different places like i i'm thinking about you know you're you're being compared to you know, baristas or grocery store workers or McDonald's workers. And like in America, that's like the stereotypical, like worst first job, total teenager, underpaid, like garbage job, right? McDonald's, like everybody's first job is at a fast food restaurant and blah, blah, blah. Well, none of ours were, first of all. Mm -hmm. Mine kind of was. Kind of. 
But kind of on a college campus, though. Come yeah. on, that's different. Anywho, and, <laughs> and it wasn't fast. It was pretty slow. Maybe that's why no one went. But when you go to, for example, the Philippines, you have to have a college degree to work at McDonald's in the Philippines. It's highly regarded. It's important. It's uh, like any working position there is held to a high standard because there's the population is so great and there are like fewer jobs available. Mm-hmm. Like, and the pay is not very good. Yeah, I don't even, I, I like still don't even understand the whole concept, even having been there and traveled there. But like the experience at a McDonald's in the, in the Philippines is completely different than the experience at a McDonald's in America. And it's like the way that their employees are treated and the way that their employees are held in high regard. They in turn treat their customers with high regard. And when you're in a minimum wage and minimum wage is not livable here in America and you have no regard and everybody looks down on you and spits at you and thinks you're, you know, worthless and it's a it's a throwaway job and anybody can do it. You get no respect, you give no respect and it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. It's I think you're to answer your, you know, what you first said, it's absolutely it's an American thing cuz Yeah. We just have these weird status symbols and weird, mm-hmm. like, things we do hold in higher regard. And don't even get me started on celebrities or professional athletes mm-hmm. because I will get on a soapbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, my first job was a professional golfer, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> or a professional shitter cleaner out of it. depends on... <laughs> <laughs> Which are both jobs that deserve dignity. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Any job, anything you're doing contributes to society, mm-hmm. you know, should be treated with high regard. Like, yeah. hum- humanity should be treated with <laughs> high regard. And I don't know how, as Americans, we can change our... And, you know, maybe as a conversation around minimal, minimal wage, but as teenagers... Especially teenagers in the 90s, like $5 an hour was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, that bought me two Subway lunches back then. (laughs) $5 now, or I guess $7 now will buy you one lunch, Mm -hmm. you know? And so even back then I felt teenagers had more dignity in their work too, because your money actually had more buying power than it does now too. And I think growing up in a resort town um, where most of the work in the summer needed to be filled in just for the summer that there was um, a high regard for teenagers in general because we needed people to work for the restaurants needed people to work in the in the jobs that kept the town going and kept the tourism in and so I guess when a community sees work as it's keeping us all fed then maybe maybe someday we'll actually have more dignity for people who do the jobs that are the unseen, you know, the cleaning and the organizing, the stuff that seems easy, but like it really does take a whole lot of, um, I think it takes a lot more skill than people are willing to say. I don't know. Like that old saying, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And they might as well do it with dignity and not have to have three or four of yeah. those dirty jobs just to make it. But that's a whole not. I mean, we got so many conversations around this, but um, the f- those first teenage jobs. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Secretary. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Secretary. <laughs> but I also, okay, so I worked at the, the 
pizza place um, as the as the golf golf girl. That was, that's what <laughs> I was. That's the golf girl. But I also do bust tables mm-hmm. and um, host. It was host. Oh my gosh, hosting. It's got to be the worst job ever because people are so ready to sit Demanding. and they don't want to wait. Well, and you also have the, I was a host, hostess mm-hmm. and you also have the servers mm-hmm. asking you to sit them more or to sit them less depending on how much money they want or how overloaded they are. So then you have to like figure out, okay. And then if someone wants more seats, but they're really bad at serving, like I'm not going to sit you till you're full because you can't handle what you have so you have to do you have both the customer and also people who are getting paid based on who you sit looking at you yeah it's a lot it's especially if you're 15 years old Uh (laughs) you're like you want me to manage how many people in a room yeah and like 15 year olds don't manage themselves, <laughs> let alone a room full of people. And so I cried a lot for that job. <laughs> you I know, it's did. so interesting as you're talking about that. What I've realized, I think, in my old age is that every time I hear the details of a job, I realize how much harder it is than I think it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's so easy to to project on other people's job and be like, oh, you just do that. That's so easy. But I had never been a host. I've done a lot of things in the restaurant industry, but I've never been a host. I never thought about what a complicated position that was. And I feel like this is just like coming, uh, I don't know, coming up often in conversation lately or in my thoughts as somebody explains what they do for work. It's almost like, I remember um, when I was a boss thinking, my boss doesn't do nearly as much work as I do. And then becoming a boss and realizing, I do so much work that my, the people who are, are I'm responsible for don't know that I do, that I had to decide like, okay, I have to assume that my boss, who I feel, I feel like doesn't do anything, <laughs> must do more work than I think he does. Because I know I do a lot more work than my employees think I do. So it's like that, like always knowing that I don't know what I don't know, but I think, I don't know if it's an American thing, but our pride, just like whatever I do is the hardest thing to do. <laughs> and like not realizing that this job that seems so simple that I've always been like, oh, the ditzy girls are the hostesses. <laughs> and it's like, oh wait, they had a lot on their plate. And I never realized that until this moment. So thank you for humbling me. <laughs> when I worked out in Chicago as a host, there were nights, we had a bar that was busy every weekend all night long until two in the morning and Friday and Saturday nights we had to have three hostesses managing everything and we would also bus tables we would help people fill drinks we would do way more than just hosts and we got yelled at by the servers and also the patrons Mm -hmm. coming in it was a lot and then we had to figure out how the three of us worked together and we'd have, yeah, it was a lot of work. But I thought serving tables was going to be easier. And then I was like, I'm going to serve tables. And then I did. And that that was really freaking hard too. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how hard it is. It's a lot. Yeah. I served tables too yeah. at one of the, the Ritzier places in McCall, which if you're going to serve tables, make sure it's in a restaurant. You can, the like the prices are inflated so your mm-hmm. tips are pretty good <laughs> yeah. um, oh, but I, I had, had the worst tables I had the tables nobody wanted the people that wouldn't wait mm-hmm. they so that we had this beautiful patio in the back um that overlooked the whole lake 
and I was inside. <laughs> so like you could imagine, like I got the people that didn't want to wait or like, fine, fine. We'll just sit down. And like, they're sitting there watching like hawks waiting for a table to open. I'm like, no, you decided not to wait. So, so you're, you're, you're staying inside. <laughs> and so I got the rudest ones as the youngest waitress, as you know, all of that. And I cried Mm-hmm. So many times in the walk-in freezer because <laughs> there's something in you that makes you stop crying as soon as you're cold. Yeah. And so, it, no, it's true. If you, if you try that. to cry when you're cold, you, it won't come. And so I had to learn to stop crying in the freezer. Mine was the cake where they held all the cakes, the cake fridge. <laughs> I would just cry in there. And they, yeah. Yeah. It, I, helped, it helped you calm down a bit. It helps. But that, that's, I mean, waiting, waiting table, I think everyone should be required to work in food service. Yeah, yes. 100%. 100% Amen. agree. 100%. I think everyone should have to work in food service and everyone should have to work retail. And yeah. everyone should have to serve in the military if they want to spend money on the military. Mm. Oh, Whoa. is that Whoa. a whole other topic? I worked with some uh, German civilian servants who were um, pacifistically opposed to doing their mandatory service. And had so many great conversations about how different of a citizen it makes you when you're required to serve. Which, for everyone that doesn't know, Jean's husband is in the military mm-hmm. also. And he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he hates when I say that. <laughs> I think it's adorable. No, I actually agree. I feel like uh, servitude, like service as it should be. I mean, I know that's maybe not the most popular view, but like... If we're all required to serve something out after high school, whether it's civil service, you're working on projects in your country, or military service. Well, and how war-mongering are we going to be if we're sending our own children to war? Yeah. Or gonna, Congress is going to have to really think really hard before they send us off to war. Sorry, I took that conversation and turned it yeah, on its head. It was a total accident. To military. I feel like that's a whole conversation because there's so much to say about what you get being in the military compared to what we really want to have a standard for humans. But we'll go. Yeah, let's table that one. <laughs> let's put a pin in that one because right. so many things. I've got some Rage Against the Machine song lyrics that I need to quote, but I need to make sure I have them right. So let's table this for next time. So to like wrap up today's episode, what is one piece of advice you would give that person that started that first job? Jenna. I would say to my younger self, just have fun. It's not the rest of your life. You don't need to go cry in the freezer. (laughs) That's a good one. I have none because my first job, I sat around and talked to boys and did nothing. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'd say keep doing that. Good. <laughs> and maybe know where you're working. Know the name of where you're working. <laughs> <laughs> that could be important. Yeah. I would say you're just as valuable as the other people who work here even though you're young. That's a good one. Oh. Is that for the one where you were picking up rocks? No, not the rock one. That's the vet clinic one. Oh, the vet clinic We'll go one. with the vet clinic one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... Oh, I hate this question. Why did I ask it? I know. This one... Uh, for the... 
for the real, the, the quote unquote real job, the first W-2 job, the job at the funeral home for that person, I would say. Can I do one for my real job? For like my first real job? Yeah. Okay. Um, my advice would be to continue your focus on the people you're working with and not on the details that maybe don't matter. I love it. I would say you are taking yourself too seriously. Relax. I think that's what I would say to that person. You might have a grown-up job, but you're still a kid, so relax. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Working Folk Podcast. I hope you tune in to our next episode, which is going to be awesome and blow your mind. Don't forget to look us up on Instagram, Facebook. Maybe we'll have a Twitter by sometime. (laughs) Working Folk Podcast. Social us. Social us. Say our website. WorkingFolkPodcast.com. Boom. See you next week or whenever.